Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspective. Hi, everyone. (sighs) Okay, so I have to give a bit of a disclaimer at the top of the episode here. I've had a very rough week. Um, I've had a lot of emotional roller coasters, a lot of things kind of thrown at me, life situations. I'm very emotional. (laughs) Um, A lot of personal things going on. And one of the things that got to me a bit this week is that we got our first real negative review. And even talking about this right now, like my heart is pounding and I feel shaky and it's really it's weird. Um, I didn't think that I would be as affected, but this person uh, called me out specifically about my covering of Valerie Solanus um, coming into her defense, saying that she was, in fact, a feminist. And I was really unaware that this was such a controversial topic in the feminist community that some view her as you know, a bit of a feminist icon, like a tragic hero. And I, for one, do not. Um, I do not view her as being a feminist. I view her as being a misandrist. And I'm also not on the side of Andy Warhol here. I think he was a a jerk and a douchebag and also did a lot of horrible things. And that's part of what makes this story fascinating. Now, in the defense of Valerie Solanas, I think that she went through such a difficult childhood and had undiagnosed and untreated mental health problems. And had those been treated and had she received the love and care that she had actually needed throughout her life, I do not believe that she would have turned out the way that she did and resorted to violence. And for me, the violence is the biggest thing. I do not believe that violence in any way, shape, or form is the answer even if Andy Warhol did treat her badly. And I I hoped through that episode that I conveyed uh, my empathy and my sympathy toward her. I am so sorry if I didn't convey that. I want to apologize for this listener to Reviewed who said that, you know, I would be losing them as a listener, and that's okay. I'm not going to be for everybody. And, you know, Keegan and I used to really drive this home every episode and we've done it every once in a while recently but I I really want to bring it home that this is all through 
my perspective right now because I, I don't even have Keegan with me, but I've talked to Keegan about all of this and she has said, she said, I trust you. She said, I know, you know, whatever you decide and whatever you say, you know, I would go along with, you know, but all in all, this is my perspective right now. This is my telling of her story. This is my telling of today what's going to go on in the news and things like that. And I'm not always going to be your cup of tea. And that's something that I've had to learn in life, that not everybody is going to love me and accept me and think that what I say is awesome and that's okay. Then I'm not for you and the show's not for you and that's okay. I hope that you find another place that you can go and feel welcomed and loved. Uh, and I just want to leave one more reminder here because we haven't said this in a while either. If there's ever something that rubs you the wrong way about what we say or bothers you in some way, instead of calling us out, the best way is to call us in. And that means to educate us. Even today, we had a listener who reached out to me on Instagram because I had posted something where I didn't realize that part of it was like kind of turfy. I had only seen one part of the video. And this person was like, hey, th this is kind of weird. What's going on? And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't see that slide. Taking it down immediately. I don't support this. And they were like, totally understood. That's why I wanted to say something. Like that's the conversation that I love, that I can connect with you all and learn something from you, uh, catch myself on my mistakes, move forward, things like that. Uh, so I really appreciate you all who have educated us and who have taken the time and realized that we are not here to be perfect. Okay. All right. I have a lot of things that I want to say today. I don't know how long all of this is going to take for me to do. So let's get into it. I am currently waiting for a listener to respond to me to see if it's okay if I share her message. So in the meantime, I am going to share with you what has been going on in Poland right now as far as the abortion ban. As of October 28th, 2020, abortions are now only legal in the case of rape incest, or if the woman's health is in danger. There used to be a protection for abortion if the fetus was endangered, but that is no longer the case. And now Poland has one of the most restrictive abortion laws in Europe, more so than Ireland, which is a notoriously Roman Catholic country, which legalized abortion in 2018. So why should you all care about abortion rights? You're all listening to a feminist podcast, so I hope you already know the answer to this. But just in case, I'm going to bring it home for you all. Abortions have been traced back to ancient Egypt. I looked it up. 1550 BCE, to be exact, was when they are tracing abortion back to. And at the time, they consisted of strenuous labor, climbing, paddling, weightlifting, fasting, and bloodletting. These women have been desperate for as far back as Eve, if you believe that story, for our autonomy and our rights over our own bodies and our own reproductive system. So I needed to understand a little bit about Poland's history with abortion before I discuss this today. And I'm still not super clear on it. I am not an expert on Polish history or on Polish, you know, social problems and things like that. So I am going to do my best and hopefully a message from a listener and another uh, news clipping that another listener has sent to me will be of help. I really, really, really want to thank everybody uh, on Instagram, 
all the Polish followers and listeners that have been reaching out to me. I really, really appreciate your help. Okay. So in 2016, Polish legislation proposed outlawing abortion altogether. 30,000 women went on strike across the country in protest. That is badass. So after that, high-ranking politicians began to distance themselves from the bill. And then three days after the strike began, lawmakers voted against the new law and the strikers were victorious. So much like in Ireland, Poland is heavily influenced by Roman Catholicism, which bleeds into their politics and social views. Now, I got into a Facebook, not argument, I actually got into a very like healthy conversation with somebody that uh, is clearly a Trump supporter. It was on a Meninist post that one of my Facebook friends had reposted. Um, I don't know why I'm still friends with this person on Facebook, but you know, it it was within regards to Amy Coney Barrett being involved in a in a Catholic religious sect and, uh, you know, Catholicism not being a bad thing in our government and all this kind of stuff. And of course, religion, like people are allowed to choose whatever religious beliefs that they have. They do not have the authority to enforce their religious beliefs upon an entire government and country. I fully 100% believe that. So in countries that are you know, heavily influenced by the Catholic Church and have a lot of people within the Catholic Church running their government, there's not going to be enough of a variety to influence the country to feel another way about these certain laws. So that's how I feel about religion when it comes to our government and our laws. Uh, And it really seems like this is the case in Poland because Catholicism bleeds into every aspect of their political and social lives. The question of the abortion ban is one of the reasons for the split in the Law and Justice Party and the creation of the right wing of the Republic. Now, from what I've researched, it seems like both sides are against abortion. So this was a little bit of a question mark for me, but I wanted to leave it in, especially because Apparently, I have the best Polish listeners ever, and I know they're going to say something to me about it. So I'm going to leave that in. But then I was also on Google before I started, and I was looking up the Democratic Left Alliance in Poland. So if somebody has a better way of explaining the party system in Poland, that would be super great. Because as far as I know, the Law and Justice Party and the Obviously, the right wing of the republic seemed to both be pretty right wing. The Law and Justice Party is the largest Polish parliament as of 2020. All right, so protests began on October 22nd, the day the Constitutional Tribunal declared the law authorizing abortions for endangered fetuses was unconstitutional. On October 23rd, the prime minister issued an order for the military to come in and help local police in, quote, protecting the safety and public order. Now, they're saying the reason for all of this safety and public order is because of the pandemic. But for all of these American listeners, we know what it means when they call in the military for protests. It's fucking scary and it's horrible. Let's look a little bit at what the public opinion on abortion is in Poland. This is, uh, by the way, a lot of this is according to Wikipedia, which seems to be very well updated, which I really appreciate. Um, So 
It seems like 65% of Polish people view abortion as immoral, and 27 did not. And apparently, back in 2009, that was about 50-50 for people's opinions. And it seems like more people accepted abortion when it was obeyed by law. And that says something really big, because if the lawmakers are telling you by large that it's okay to make those decisions for you, everybody else was cool with it. But as soon as you start spinning this rhetoric, suddenly everybody believes that abortion is bad, which, by the way, it's not. Okay, so before I read this li- what this listener sent me, I want to read the caption from something that someone on Facebook sent to me because it was really, really... Uh, It was really, really a good source of information. So a follower named Iwana contacted me and sent a photo from Stonewall Poland's Instagram account. And it says, Yesterday, the Polish protesters gained new energy, all because of a bizarre speech by Jarosław Zakinski, the president of the ruling Law and Justice Party. Krasinski is a gray eminence. Everyone knows that no important decision can be made without his approval. Yesterday, the party published a video of his speech in which he called the protest organizers criminals. The president of the party focused his speech around, quote, attacks on the churches, which he defined as, quote, attacks on Poland. He called all citizens to defend the churches at any cost. According to commentators, it was not a smart move. It would be hard to expect such words to calm the social tensions. Yesterday's nationwide protests brought a record number of people to the streets. Many highlight that Kaczynski seems to have lost touch with reality and his lack of will and ability to open dialogue with the protesters. Attention was also given to the symbol on Kaczynski's lapel. It was a fighting Poland, the symbol of Warsaw Uprising, in which, according to various sources, from 150 to 200,000 Poles lost their lives. The use of this symbol by the president of the party met with a firm reaction from the uprising veterans. We are deeply outraged by the fact that Jarosław Zakinski dared to stand against the young Polish women and men protesting with such righteous cause, wearing the fighting Poland symbol. He has no right to this symbol. Using the symbol in such a situation is unacceptable for us. There's a large protest planned tomorrow in Warsaw. The organizers call people from all around the country to come to the capital to protest. There are many indications of another attendance record. Thank you so much for sending that. And I just think that this follower listener sent such a moving firsthand account. Here it goes. So I don't know how much you know about the whole manifestation because the public media are corrupted in Poland and constantly lie about the whole situation. They say there were only 600 people when it was 20,000 of us on the streets in one of the bigger cities. A couple days ago, now it's impossible to count how many there are. They also said that our sign is connected to the Nazi SS sign, which is complete nonsense. It's a red streak of lightning sign used by women's strike movement and has nothing to do with Nazis. Media constantly say we are aggressive when mostly manifestations are peaceful. We use heavy language, but it's our emotions. It's almost revolutionary. No one fights for their rights being nice and polite. We're pissed for years when our rights were taken away by religious fanatics. Right now, as I'm writing, this ruling party chairman, Jarzla Kaczynski, made an official speech in which he said that we are trained to attack the country and supporters of law and justice should protect churches from us, basically like he's preparing a state of emergency. 
Some people did protest in church because they are in close connection with government limiting people with Christian-based laws, which was taken as attack, even though protests were no harm for any of the people, just banners and pro-choice slogans. Government is trying to scare us with official statements in which they're threatening to use military forces against us. They are also increasing numbers of army reservists. I don't know if that's connected, but it seems suspicious considering the situation. Whole country is involved, something above 60 cities. Even small towns are going out on the streets. Poles abroad are also organizing protests. Public transportation vehicles are blocking the streets with demonstrants, also taxis and private cars or villages and tractors. Whole cities are blocked. From my perspective today, the 28th of October, there is a general strike. Women are not attending work. Men are also supporting it. Many universities as well. Students are engaged. One of the law uni students that has classes with one of the constitutional court members that supported the abortion ban decision on one of the meetings stated official proposal letter for him to give up willingly his position as law uni teacher due to breaking basic human rights by supporting such a violent decision. People beside manifesting on the streets also spread information about organizations that help women get legally an abortion abroad or obtain abortion pills since it is already hard to terminate pregnancy in Poland. Number four, Abortion Dream Team, which is the most known Polish organization helping women to terminate their pregnancy, is sprayed on the walls, also stickers with contact and info put everywhere possible, notes put in mailboxes and such. There are fundraisers made to gather money for women in need for abortion to make costs less heavy for them. It's a time of great unity for us. I've never seen in my 21-year-old life such cooperation between Poles. Those who can't attend manifestations put signs of support on their houses, windows, or cars. But it's also a hard time. The government is more and more fanatical. I hope I covered it as much as I could. I'm in despair to help the situation, to let people know what's really happening in Poland, to make it all right, to change this for the better. Also, I hope I helped. If there's any questions or something needs explanation, feel free to contact me anytime. And I did. I asked her if it was okay if I refer to Polish people as Poles, and she didn't really know, but I just reread that, and she referred to Polish people as Poles. I'm still not going to do it, but I am part Polish, and that's how my mom refers to us. So anyway, I'm not going to get myself into hot water again like I did with Valerie Solanus. I think I need a break from the critiques. I unfortunately need to end a very sad segment into another very, very sad segment. Moving now to the United States, I want to discuss the murder of Walter Wallace Jr. On Monday, Philadelphia police were called about a man with a knife. When they arrived, they saw the man waving the knife erratically. Instead of de-escalating the situation, they shot and killed him. In the cell phone footage of the event, you can hear a woman who turned out to be his mother telling the cops that her son had mental health issues. Walter suffered from bipolar disorder, and he was going through a hard time with it. He was in a doctor's care, trying to relieve his pain. His family said that law enforcement was called so that an ambulance would come and help him. Unfortunately, the cops got there first. Now, this infuriates me. I have had a very interesting experience with a family member that went on like a months-long, like multiple months-long manic episode. And it was very hard on our family and his immediate family. And he's he's a lovely human being and was really, really going through it. And, you know, there was a time where he appeared to be dangerous. And luckily there is, um, 
you know, medical help and law enforcement in the family that was able to be there to ensure that my cousin would be safe. But it's not always the case. My cousin was also a white man. Uh, if the cops were to come to his house in the Midwest, I doubt that they would have had the same reaction as they did to Walter Wallace Jr. And that to me is the large discrepancy when I hear the story of my cousin and his recovery and his vindication and his struggle. I think about Walter Wallace Jr. being unable to have that opportunity and unable to work through this obviously very dark time in his life. And the thing is, is that these these dark times were also filled with a lot of joy. He was newly married to his wife, Dominique, who was expecting their baby girl any day now. And my heart is breaking for Dominique and her daughter-to-be. They deserve a husband and a father. The Philadelphia DA's office made a statement saying that there will be an investigation. We do not know the officers' names at the time. We know that they have not been fired, but put on desk duty during the investigation. And we also know that the cops were not carrying tasers at the time. The body cam footage has not yet been released as it's part of the investigation, but there is cell phone footage from the time. Protests broke out on Monday and went through Tuesday night, resulting in 172 arrests and 53 injured officers. Police reported 297 looting incidents. Walter's father has asked for the protesters to stop looting, as it won't bring his son back. But I understand the pain and the reason for the looting. Sometimes peace only gets you so far, and the anger that's bubbling up inside of you just explodes. And I'm not condoning it. I would never be one to loot. Um, I don't think that I would ever take on that behavior. But I understand the intent behind it and the pain behind it, and I cannot judge somebody for their anger being expressed in that way right now. Okay, so to lighten everything up, while I got kind of a negative review, I also got a review that really made me smile, and I shared this with Keegan as well. So we normally don't do this sort of thing, but this this just made me smile, but also be like, oh gosh, my 13-year-old daughter and I love, I would assume it says the show, We enjoy your approach to hot topics in history and thought-provoking discussions that we continue between us when the shows end. Keep up the great work, ladies. I think I need to go through and listen to all of the past episodes now and think of all of the things that my loose lips have said through the years if there is a 13-year-old child listening to this. I am so sorry if I have said something. That has made an awkward conversation between mother and daughter, although I think my mom and I probably would have listened to a show like this together when I was young, too. But that warms my heart that there is a mom and young teenage daughter who want to have these kinds of discussions together. And especially after having a news week that is very heavy for me, having a week that's been really heavy for, you know, the United States having, you know, All of the times being so heavy before the election, you know, any little positive message really helps. So speaking of the election, we have one, two, three, four more days until November 3rd. That is insane. We are almost here. So if you haven't gotten your ballots in already, do it. So many places, so many states you can vote early. If you can go in in person and vote early as well, see if you can do it. Get it done. Don't procrastinate. This vote is so 
important. It is so, so, so important. I cannot put enough emphasis on that. If you can do it, do it. If you can't vote, encourage the adults around you to vote for Biden. Please. Okay. If you would like to leave us a review, go ahead and do that on Apple Podcasts or on our Facebook business page. And you can go ahead and chat with the other listeners on that group page. If you want to write into me and, you know, let me know what's going on in the news or anything you want me to talk about, go ahead and email me at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or hit me up on Instagram at angryneighborhoodfeminist and direct message me there. Give us a follow, all that fun stuff. There's a Twitter that we sometimes use at Yamp Podcast, Y-A-N-F podcast. And if you don't already, go ahead and listen to us on Radio Public. It is a free way for you to listen and it helps us out just a little bit. Okay, everybody, thank you for dealing with me for another week. With all of that being said, I encourage you to rage on. Bye-bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.